In August 1996, Daryl Atkins and William Jones robbed and shot Eric Nesbitt. Jones testified that Atkins had pulled the trigger. This being Virginia, USA, Atkins was sentenced to death. A psychologist assessed Atkins and reported that he had an IQ of 59. In response to an appeal, this was accepted by the Supreme Court as indicating that Atkins was mentally retarded. Learning disabled would be a more acceptable term these days in the UK. The court ruled that it would be against the Eighth Amendment to the American Constitution to execute a mentally retarded person, because such punishment would be cruel and unusual. This case illustrates the significant role that psychologists can play on the basis of their assessment of the defendant, but also serves to illustrate the ethical and professional challenges faced by any psychologist giving evidence in court. Expert evidence is given to assist the court in its decision, whether the expert agrees with that decision or not. What is an expert? As in all legal matters, there is considerable debate about key terms, In this situation, what expertise means and what makes a person acceptable to the courts as an expert. Without reviewing the extensive case law on this matter and the large variations across jurisdictions, in essence, an expert is someone who has some specialist knowledge or experience not otherwise available to the court. Experts are witnesses like any other who stand in court and give evidence. They have to take an oath and abide by court procedures but their status as an expert allows them to go beyond a statement of the facts as they know them. Other witnesses to the fact, such as eyewitnesses or witnesses to good character, are only allowed to inform the court of what they actually know. Experts are allowed to go a stage further and offer an interpretation of the facts as they see them. In other words, to offer an opinion. This privileged position can give the expert somewhat more authority than someone who saw what happened. Yet it is potentially more subjective because it requires an exercise of judgment. This is why there are constraints on who is acceptable as an expert and on the sorts of opinion that can be offered. The Limits of Expert Evidence Experts cannot offer opinions on any aspect relevant to the court proceedings. The opinion has to be within their area of competence, and this is also constrained by legal limitations. One such limitation stems from what is known as the ultimate question, sometimes also known as the ultimate issue. This is the question that the court itself must answer, which in a criminal case is usually whether the defendant is guilty or not. Other issues may come close to this, for instance, whether the defendant or a key witness may be lying. But in all cases, the point is that the trial process is set up to answer a specific question, And although assistance may be given by experts in determining the answer, woe betide any expert who attempts to steal the thunder of the judge and jury. One other area of legal proceedings that influences what psychological evidence can be offered is the need to avoid what is known as prejudicial information. This is a barrier that few other legal experts have to deal with. Its workings can be illustrated in the following actual example. A man let us call him Donald, was charged with the violent rape and murder of a woman in her own home. His defense was that he had conceptual sex and then left the victim's house, and that some other burglar must have later broken in and carried out the murder as part of the burglary. 
To support his case, he wanted to bring forward evidence from a psychologist that such a violent assault was completely out of character. The psychologist could determine that the man exhibited no fantasies or other personality traits that would be consistent with such aggression. Furthermore, he was known locally as some sort of stud with whom women he met at nightclubs would happily have sex. In interview with the psychologist, he admitted to picking up as many as three or four women a week in this way. In addition, his criminal background only included theft and fraud. There was no history of violence at all. The psychologist could therefore build up a pattern of the consistencies in the defendant's background that would support his claim to be of non-violent character. However, such evidence was not allowed by the court. The view was that if the jury knew that Donald, A, led a promiscuous sex life, and B, had committed any sort of crimes in the past, that this would color their view of him. They would be prejudiced against him, and therefore not consider the facts of the case carefully enough. In rare cases where the values in favor of the defendant would strongly outweigh the prejudicial implications, such evidence may be allowed.